welcome to the Six Hats podcast, where I, Dr. Shami, a lifestyle and nutritional medicine family doctor, will talk about how women strive to find balance each day by juggling their six roles, being a woman, mother, daughter, partner, business owner, and professional. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Six Hats podcast. And I'm really excited to have Stephanie Jansen here with us today. Now, she is a registered nurse for 10 years and has been doing more critical care work for the last four years in Melbourne. Now, her training is really interesting because she's actually starting to go into health coaching. And this was inspired by her own journey with her relationship with food. And so can't wait to chat to Stephanie. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you, Shami. I'm so excited. I feel very privileged and honored to be on your show because I've been listening to your podcast for a little while now and you've got some amazing women talking and I just, I feel very privileged. So thank you. So you are amazing. I love your story. So Stephanie, when we were chatting, you mentioned a really important two words, actually, food freedom. And I always chat with my patients, you know, when they're talking about weight loss, they're talking about food. Food is very, very emotional. We underestimate how powerful it is, how emotions really determine our behavior when it comes to food choices. So people, you know, are very keen to look for quick fixes, um, perhaps medication, perhaps quite extreme dieting, extreme exercising, when actual fact, it all comes from the brain and what our thoughts are telling us what to do. And that's something that medication cannot change. And it's something that we need to work internally. So Stephanie, I'd love for you to share your journey in how you achieved food freedom. Well, it's a big story, so I'll try not to take too long with it. But in hindsight, the way, so I've had a, and you're exactly right, medication and that can only do so much, but it definitely comes within the mind. And I actually had the privilege of working with Natalie, who was one of your guests previously. That's right. And yeah, she was amazing and she really taught me so much. And I had an attachment to food, not a connection. And there is a big difference between the two. So attachment can sometimes have a bit of a negative connotation to it. So you're attached to something. When you're connected to something, you have a more positive relationship with it. So a lot of people who don't have food freedom might understand that a little bit more. But for me, I have had a very toxic and very negative relationship with food. And I also had eating disordered behaviors. So while I was never diagnosed with an eating disorder, I definitely displayed a lot of those behaviors. And that started when I was quite young. Working with Natalie, I actually found that it was definitely coming from my childhood. So I grew up in a very loving and extremely supportive and beautiful home with my family. I have nothing terrible to say about them. Unfortunately, I do come from a family that has eating disordered behaviors, addiction behaviors, and I grew up witnessing those. So my thoughts and feelings and reactions and those sorts of things definitely come from when I was a child. So one of my earliest memories was when I can still hear, you know, the bathroom scales sliding across the tiles of the bathroom. So my family members constantly weighing themselves and also on every single diet that you could think of, Pritikins, Adkins, and then event like trying every single diet, even trying Duramine which is quite extreme. So I grew up with that kind of household and then eventually going on to a vegetarian and vegan lifestyle to kind of combat. And it was all centered around weight loss. Mm. And knowing what I know now, it's definitely based on our self-worth and our self-values and 
putting a number to that value. So instead of having that self-worth already, you're saying, well, if I weigh this much, this is what my value is in society. So I started off with, you know, in high school, I can definitely look back and go, yeah, I was restricting eating. You know, I wouldn't eat very much during the day. I'd come home to a household where it was vegetarian and it was all very much based around, oh, I've got to lose weight. You know, this is how many calories this has got. And I just grew up with that being surrounded in that. Wow, the good old calories in versus out, which so many people still talk about. And yes, it just frustrates me because it's got nothing to do with that. It's hormones. It's so many other things that we need to talk about. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yep. Yep. And then also just the exercising a lot. So, and then, you know, one side of the family was a very positive exercise uh, perception, whereas one side was very negative. It was all about weight loss rather than fitness and health. So then mine kind of developed into, I started experimenting with purging and binging and that sort of thing and having a lot of anxiety Mm. around food. So I started to develop, you know, I would weigh every single piece of food that went into my mouth. Wow. Literally, I could tell you that eggs had 60 calories and that, you know, two eggs was 120 calories plus the bread, how many calories that was. So I started off with counting calories, weighing my food, every piece. And then the worst part of it was weighing myself daily. Mm. So first it was as soon as I woke up in the morning, I went, okay, got to get up. I'd run to the bathroom, go, go to the toilet. Then I'd go and weigh myself before I had even taken a zip of water or eaten anything. And then based on that number, what I was doing subconsciously, I wasn't aware of it, but I was putting my value and my self-worth into that number. And so that would set up my day and how I felt about myself, about what I was going to eat. So if it had even gone up 500 grams, that was a bad day. So I automatically felt worse in my clothes. Like I'd put on clothes that probably fitted the day before perfectly, but I just went, oh my God, I'm so fat. Like this is disgusting. I've put on too much weight. I better restrict and make sure I don't go over my calorie limit. So 1200 calories was my limit. And then if it was, if it had gone down, that was a good day. And I was a bit more, I felt good in myself and I was allowed to eat the bad food. And I use quotation marks, you know, I was allowed to have a bit of chocolate. The problem with that was, you know, you'd go a whole day with restricting it and eating healthy, once again, quotation Mm. marks, and then you'd come to the afternoon and you'd be binging. Mm. Then I would, and then by the afternoon, because I was binging on chocolate or whatever food I restricted or thought was bad food, I would then binge and purge. And if I didn't purge, I had this overwhelming anxiety. And once I had purged, it was like, good girl, you've done the right thing. Yeah, well done. Look how strong you are. You got that out of your body. So it was so toxic, so toxic. Wow. And how long when how long were you in this cycle for? Was it a couple of years or? I'm 36 now and it wasn't constant. Like it wasn't every day. That was the thing. That's why I've never been diagnosed with an eating disorder, but I definitely had those. And, you know, my psychologist before Natalie said, you've got those behaviors. It was probably when I was, I started binging and purging when I was probably about 19, 20. So yeah, it's been well over 10 years now. So yeah. And just weighing myself up to four or five times a day. Wow. That's how extreme it was. I actually think 
there'll be many listeners out there who can relate to some of your stories. And because I've heard so many of those stories as well. And it's really interesting how you said about focus, where you put your focus on and how it's equates to your value and the whole stepping on scales. A lot of many, many women actually do that. Standing on the scales, they focus on the number, which is really hard because that number is actually not accurate in terms of health and actual true weight, which is, you know, more body fat composition. Because, you know, for women, we've got to think about fluid retention. We've got so many other factors that we need to really consider. So it actually is giving you the wrong information, but we're so focused on it because it's a number that we can sort of see. So I can, I get it. I totally get it. And then it eventually becomes quite obsessive because you're desperately seeking that vision of what you are going for and whether it's health or whether it's, I want to look better. It's very subjective. Would you say that's kind of what was happening? Yeah, definitely. Yes, very correct. It's very subjective and you are focusing. It's nothing to do with health. It's absolutely got to do with this image and what. So mine was always, I want to fit into a bikini. I want to feel good about myself if I'm a certain. So mine definitely came back to values of myself and my self-worth. So if I looked a certain way, I would be more valued within Mm -hmm. society, but not so much in society, but also to the people that mattered to me. So it was really hard. I still find it very difficult to talk about because I have never been able to, before I started my journey, my healing journey, I was never able to actually say that I had self-worth, self-respect, love for myself. That was absolutely impossible for me to say. So that number was definitely not to do with health. It was definitely to do with my image and a certain yeah, I was chasing something that was unrealistic and was very much this weight and this way that I wanted to look because I thought that was going to give me value. Wow. Yeah. And so now stepping into your journey with Natalie West, psychotherapist, all about self-image, what was that trigger? What was that turning point where you go, I need to take a different approach to this? Yeah, well, being, so having it for so long. So like I said, you know, I had it since I was about 19, 20. And it wasn't all the time. Like I said, it was just occasionally, you know, I would, maybe it was up to four or five times a week that I'd heard, depending on the week, that sort of thing. It just got to the point, I remember last last year, maybe the year before, I can't remember now, I started the year off, you know, I was I was a vegan for a long time, came from my family as well, and that very obsessive about food and diet. So I was on Michelle Bridges and literally in one year, I probably changed my diet three or four times. My whole world was focused around food. So every conversation that I had, especially, you know, my sister who I am extremely close with and I can talk to very closely, we actually went for a walk one day and she said, this is a problem. This is a real problem. You don't talk about anything else except food, diet, weight loss. I mean, obviously I do talk about other things, but it was a primary focus within my life. And I went, oh my God, this mental load that mm. I'm carrying, the stress, the anxiety, this is a lot. This is this is too much. I can't keep going on like this. I'm 30. I think I was 35, 34 at the time, maybe going on 35. And I just went, I, I have to do something about my, my eating. I have to do something about my mindset around food. I can't keep living like this. So I actually got into the carnivore diet back in April. So almost a year of doing carnivore diet. And that was originally to do with weight loss. But I actually found Natalie and started working with her. I did her 12-week program and it was one of the most, it was 
extremely difficult, extremely confronting just to go back to those self-values, values, self-worth, self-image, the things that she talks about. I did the work and it's completely changed my life. I can, I have now for the first time been able to tell myself I deserve love. I deserve self-respect and I'm not, my value is not based on a number or what I put in my mouth and what I eat. I'm so much more than that. That's where I say I now have food freedom. Wow. I love that. And I love what you described. It was not an easy journey initially because it's sort of rewiring habits, the way of thinking, and even just being sort of kind to yourself after a long time. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I also had a bit of a drinking problem as well during the COVID period that also escalated things. And yeah, just to get through that and just to have that because I was in a very self-destructive phase as well. So just to come out of that and now to be able to eat and have value for myself is just, it's huge. Amazing. I'm really curious, Stephanie, what was your first tiny step you took from Natalie's strategies? Because it's it's definitely a long journey, but what was that first tiny step where you go, wow, I think this is going to work? It was starting to look at my, so I think from memory, it was quite a while ago now, from memory, I think we started off with self-image and values and underpinning why we do the things that we do. So she really taught me about, you know, values and self-image and where our thoughts, and she talks about thoughts, feelings, and reactions to things. And it really started to make sense. And the work was really difficult because you actually had to sit down and look at your values. And I didn't have many values in other areas. Personally, in my career, I had a lot of values. I found that, you know, I had purpose and value there. But in my personal life, I didn't have that value. So to sit down and put a number to that and then look at, am I living up to those values? And then realizing, well, actually, no, I have these values for myself, but I'm not living them. And where is that coming from? And to actually start to undo what I learned as a Mm. child and to actually go, hang on a moment, this isn't, I don't blame anyone. And I'm not saying it's my fault or, you know, family's fault or anything like that. There is no way I'd ever put shift that blame, but just to go, oh, I understand where that's come from now. I can work on healing that. And it just, from the first couple of weeks of working with her, I just went, yep, this is working. And I already was starting to feel shifts within myself. So amazing, amazing. So which kind of leads me on to your new career move of health coaching, which is so exciting because from what we were talking about, you really want to help more women, more people with similar sort of challenges in their life. So I'd love to know, what does that look like? Stephanie, what's your vision as a health coach? Who do you want to help? I'm so excited. I can't believe it's all happening. And it's, yeah, it's all just come from this healing journey. So at the moment, so like I said, I was on a carnivore diet and that really, that was able to nourish my mind and my body through proper species appropriate diet. So I was able to fuel my body and start to build the serotonin and the happy hormones. And from that, I just went, well, I want other people to experience this. So during my phase of that eating disorder behavior and that very toxic relationship with food, people didn't understand that. And because you're not diagnosed with an eating disorder, so, you know, there are people out there who have these self-image issues, they restrict, they go on all sorts of diets, they take medications to try and lose weight, you know, 12-week programs, all this sort of thing. And it's not working and they can't talk to anyone. People don't really understand what you're going through because it's like, well, you're not diagnosed with an eating disorder. So, you know, just you're okay, but you're really not. And that mental load and just to talk to somebody about what they're going through, I think I can help a lot of people. And being a registered nurse as well, 
you know, I understand the healthcare system, I understand disease processes, mental health, that sort of thing. And I think just through my journey, and that's why I'm speaking about my journey a lot more because I feel like people can relate to that and then hopefully they'll feel comfortable to come to me and talk to me about it because I will have that understanding that, you know, I've been there. And I can honestly say there is food freedom and you can get there. After 10 more years, I am finally there. There is hope you can get there. And the way you describe it is so awesome because to be honest, everyone has an element of, oh, I ate a treat, I had a cake, just that feeling of guilt, whether it's, you know, lasting a couple of minutes to days. There is an element that we sort of associate with food, even our language, to be honest, Stephanie, for example, treats or I'll treat myself and it's, you know, tends to be something sugary or, oh, guilty pleasure, you know, the language we use around food is something that we probably need to challenge in order for us to actually get to much more food freedom. What are your thoughts around that? Definitely. The way that I used to speak about food and the way that even now I will notice what other people say around food. So I used to call food bad or good. You know, it's a treat. Yeah. Yeah. So food is So, and it's quite interesting once you actually sit down and you actually listen to people talking about food, they'll say, oh, that's bad. That's good. You shouldn't be eating this. You should be eating this. And there's a lot of words, neutral words like should. Should has a very negative connotation to it. Drawing back to our childhood, you know, you should be cleaning your room. You should be doing your homework. So you should be eating healthy. And then we have this restrictive mindset like, oh, I'm doing the wrong thing. And then once we do start eating what you know people say is healthy or you know because you want to you decide that you want to eat a green salad people then go to you go oh are you on a diet it's like no I'm trying to I'm trying to respect my body and nourish it and why does that have to have this diet mentality around it and why you know why is a treat like a cookie or something like that why is it a treat why can't we then say okay, I want to eat the cookie, I'll have the cookie, but then some days oh, I don't actually feel like the cookie because I want to honour my values and I want to honour and respect my body. So actually I'm going to choose something a bit healthier. And it doesn't matter what people think or say about the food that you eat, you have to do what's right for you, if that Absolutely. makes sense. <laughs> and it sort of makes me think about when people say cheat days as well. Uh, and it's almost like you're really going through a painful week and finally you're let loose on a Sunday. And it shouldn't be the case because like exactly what we said, where we want to get to is this amazing lifestyle shift where every day you are enjoying the food. You're not thinking too much about it. It happens to be really balanced. And, you know, we can, we can talk about what balance means, but happens to be nourishing for the body and giving you what you need in terms of nutrients. So it's really interesting. I love, you know, for our language to change from treats to remove the treats, the cheat days, the guilt we sort of associate with certain types of food as well to actually going, right, I'm going to like exactly what you said. I'm going to really enjoy this ice cream or chocolate. I'm going to be aware of all my senses when I'm eating this, really enjoying it. And right, what's the next meal? What does that look like? And it's really interesting. And you mentioned something really important about nourishing your body and you went down the carnivore diet, which is actually protein, amino acids, and really nourishing. And I often say this, actually sugar cravings disappear when you've nourished your body in the correct way. And that means you feel full, you having enough healthy fats and good amount of protein. Those carb cravings actually disappear and they disappear naturally. So you're not even restricting yourself. Your behavior just naturally changes. So 
kind of throws out the whole, oh, I just need to wait for my treat on a Sunday or all of that kind of behavior just goes out of the window before you know it. You're loving what you're eating. You're feeling full. You're feeling nourished. It's like exactly what you said. Mentally, you're better. Physically, you're better. You've got energy. You're sleeping well. It's almost this amazing domino effect when you know how to nourish your body. That's exactly right. And that's what really helped me was the carnivore diet. And, you know, I don't love using the word diet, like using way of eating because for me, coming from that background, using the words such as diet or cheat days, it's very restrictive. So as soon as you say the word diet, I feel like it's very restrictive. And then you go, yep, I need to have a treat day or a cheat day. And it's not right. It's carnivore, the carnivore diet really helped me because it nourished my mind and my body. I was eating those fats. I wasn't getting those cravings, like all those cravings just disappear. And what happens is you're no longer focused on and those cravings kicking in going, oh, I've got to eat the chocolate. I've got to eat this. I've got to eat that. And instead it allows you to sleep better. It allows you to get outside, get sunlight, you know, just get on with your day and focus on building your healthy values and habits. And then what happens is all of a sudden, for me anyway, I was just able to start eating a sandwich without feeling guilty. I still have those days where I will eat sugary stuff and I'm so much more in tune with my body now. And so if I eat a little bit too much sugar or processed, like I don't, I try, I still, I still avoid processed foods that have seed oils because I'm still nourishing and respecting my body, but I can, I'm much more aware of my body and I'll go, oh, actually I'm not feeling quite right. I'm feeling a bit anxious today. So I will fuel my body with high fats, high protein diet rather than what I've been doing. And then, you know, if I feel like donut or something, I don't feel guilty about it at all anymore. So that's, I want to use the carnivore diet to help support people in finding that food freedom. So that is where I'm going with my new little journey. Excellent. And this is so exciting, Stephanie. So where can people find you? Okay, so I've just completed, so at the, you know, we're recording this now, I've just completed the Rivero Carnival Coaching course. So by the time your listeners will hear this, I will have my own Carnival Coaching page on the Rivero website. So I'll provide all those details. There will be a link. I'm also on Instagram and uh, Little Aussie Carnival. And I've also got an email address and then I am currently working on a website as well. So it's all all in its infancy, but I'm super excited and I, I want people to feel comfortable to connect with me and reach out and tell me their stories. And if I can help you in any way, I would love to do that. Amazing, amazing. Stephanie, you're going to do such amazing work and help so many people. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing your story. I think it takes a lot of courage and it's going to help so many people open up and start having that conversation. So thank you so much for today, Stephanie. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I'm so happy that you invited me on because listening, like I said, listening to your podcast has been all these amazing women. So I feel very honored. So thank you. Thank you. Remember that this is general advice only. Please see your healthcare professional for more information. So what's your take home message today? Remember it's all about progress and not perfection. And are you suffering from stress? Visit Usawa Learning Hub on usawa.com.au and sign up for the six week challenge on how to reduce stress today. Enjoy the journey.